Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And welcome to St. Leonard's. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Vicky Burton, um, and I'm the curate at St. Peter's Church in Aylesbury, um, and I'm married to Martin, who's here, and we have two adult children, um, one of which has flown um, over to America to live, and the other one which lives with us. Um, and we are here this evening because we've been invited by Laurie, who's obviously on holiday in Canada, all right for some, and, um, and he invited me. And the reason is, because Laurie and I are good friends, is because uh, Martin and our family and myself, we used to worship here um, for about 16 years. Um, we were worshipping at St. Leonard's um, until fairly recently, really. So quite a few of you will know who I am. <laughs> um, but yes, um, we're here, we're on... Um, we're in a different place now, um, and a different kind of phase of life, um, learning new things. And I hope that that's not just because we've moved. I hope that that's a thing that we're all experiencing, because there's always something new to learn. Um, it struck me that it is an absolute privilege to be able to gather in a space like this on a Sunday evening, just to encounter and worship Jesus. What a privilege. There are not many places that do this these days. I've only found one in Aylesbury, and it's a big place, there's hundreds of churches in Aylesbury, but only one place you could go to spend that time in on Sunday evening. So it's a privilege. So welcome into this space. I wonder what you've come from tonight. Where are you coming from? Where is your heart? Where is your mind? What's on your heart today? What's on your mind? We're going to take a moment to prepare our hearts and then I'm going to share a few scriptures with you that the Lord's put on my, my heart. And we're going to then have a time of worship um, that Johnny will lead us in. Um, and during that time, I actually am expecting for you to hear something directly from the Lord. It might be scripture, it might be something else. It might be just for you personally, or it might be to share with somebody, or it might be to share for the building of faith in this place tonight to share together. So where is your heart and mind? Let's just take a moment to just bring our stuff, our thoughts, and just become aware of God's loving gaze upon you now. And Father, where we have been distracted, where we have been rebellious, where we have forgotten you, Lord, we are truly sorry. And we turn towards you and we open our hearts and we ask, Lord, would you give us your forgiveness? 
can tangibly receive it right now. Just take a moment, everyone in the room, to receive the Father's love and forgiveness. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it was. Jesus said, it is finished. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love, your forgiveness. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place right now. We welcome you. We welcome you into our hearts. We welcome you into our thoughts. We welcome you into our speech and our one anothering together tonight. And we raise up the name of Jesus together, declaring, Jesus is Lord. Let's say it together. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to take my glasses off, otherwise I can't see what I've written. So there were um, a couple of scriptures that the Lord put on my heart to share, and like a bit like um, the Anglican morning prayer, um, where you read various Bible passages and then you think, oh, there's a link there. Um, and other times when you read them and you go, no, I'm not seeing a link. <laughs> um, I felt a little bit like that with these, that there is a sort of a link. Um, and so I, I will speak on what I think um, that the Lord might be saying to us together tonight. Um, if you have your Bibles and you like to follow um, uh, the scripture, I'm actually just going to start in Hebrews chapter 5. And I'm just going to actually read from verse 7. So it's just a couple of verses. Hebrews chapter 5. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. We'll unpack this in a minute. Even though he was a son, that's the son of God, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is the eternal priest. He never died. I don't know how some people pronounce it. Some people say it Melchizedek. I say Melchizedek. Um, and that eternal source is part of what we're thinking about tonight. But also the fact that Jesus learned obedience, this writer says. 
didn't just happen. He learned it. And how did he learn it? He learned it, according to this verse, through suffering. So if Jesus learned obedience through suffering, then apparently we can learn obedience through suffering. Which is a strange thought, because often when we're in a difficult time, we have more questions than answers, and we have more pain than we can sleep with. So how is it that that can lead us to being more submissive and more obedient to the Lord and to sort of keep in the flow of his spirit? The second um, scripture that I got was the one that you will be familiar with, um, some of it, through the Acts 2 or Pentecost readings. But it's actually um, in Joel, in the book of Joel, which I now have to find, because I should have marked it in the Bible. Um, it's early on in the Minor Prophets, I believe. Um, and it's Joel, well, I'm going to actually start in Joel chapter 2, um, starting at verse 12. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. And, uh, yeah, so Joel's, Joel, Joel's the prophet was speaking about um, the now, the not yet, and the, and the future to come. So there's various layers of prophecy, as you all know. It's not that there's one time that these words speak into. It seems to speak into layers of time. Um, and there's, he's just been prophesying about... Um, the nation's demise, really. And now he's saying, what, what we need to do is we need to actually yield to the Lord our hearts. So he says this, in mind, it says rend, rend our hearts. It's not a word we really use, is it, rend? Um, but anyway, yes. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. That, look, do you see the link there with that Matthew passage about Jesus weeping before his death? He was crying out to God, probably all sorts of things, on our behalf, actually. But there's something here, fasting, weeping, mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings, drink offerings for the Lord your God. And it goes on to celebrating the Lord's goodness. It's a funny thing, but as we... As we yield our hearts to God and we choose to praise him in the midst of whatever we're in, whether it's horrible or nice, something happens. We become more aware of God's goodness as we do that. 
even when it's dire circumstances. Um, verse, skipping right through now to verse 28 of chapter 2 of Joel. This is the one where um, Peter spoke this out at Pentecost, explaining what was happening when the Holy Spirit fell. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That's all people. And Laurie would say, what does the word all mean? All. <laughs> yeah, I said that this morning. What does the word everyone mean? It means everyone. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. That's us. Sons and daughters, we will prophesy. Old men? Any old men? You're going to be dreaming dreams. Any young men? Yes. You will see visions. I'm going to stop there because that was just the, that one verse that the Lord highlighted for me. It's, a, it's the fact that the Lord pours out his spirit and the fact that it's his spirit that then brings that life, that eternal life. But also it's his spirit that enables us to pray in the first place, isn't it? And when we're weeping in prayer and mourning and grieving something or a situation, I don't know about you, but sometimes even just reading the news, it, it becomes prayer. It becomes a crying out for mercy. And we know that that's what Jesus did. He cried out. I remember him, that story when he was um, with his disciples near the, the temple in Jerusalem. And he cried out to God and said, you know, I long for these people to be taken under God's wing, like, you know, like the mother hen. It really pained him to see there was such loss, such grief amongst the people. That was then and it is now. 2,000 years is nothing, is it? Gone like that. That's what the Bible says, you know, it just goes like that. Have we learned anything? You know, the same disasters, the same things that were happening back then and centuries and centuries ago, those same disasters, those same parts of our lives are still the same. So we can learn from others who've gone before us and it's wonderful to hear other people's stories and to learn from other people's stories. So do keep sharing stories, people. People, you know, whether it's your own story or whether it's somebody else's story, keep sharing those stories. Um, about two, I was going to say two and a half, it's about one and a half years ago. Um, it was one of those lockdown times, um, and I was meant to be away on a retreat with my college cohort. Um, and I couldn't be. I know it must be two and a half years ago then. Oh, time flies. There you go. Goes like that. Um, and 
Um, so what I did was um, I, ha I had an online kind of retreat. Well, you say that's not really a retreat, is it? I mean, spent my whole life on Zoom, it's not really a retreat. But what I did was I said to the family, um, so uh, I'm going to have this retreat this weekend. Um, I'm going to go into the spare room and I'm going to, if I have to come out, I'm going to wear those um, ear things. So I've got an ear thing and I can't talk to you. <laughs> so I'm going to have a silent retreat um, and you can join me if you like. Well, actually, what was really lovely was that I had like meals delivered to the door and things like that. Um, so I would eat in my little cell. Um, so I had a, a bed there and a, a desk um, and, you know, space to pray. Um, not, not big space, it was just, just enough space. Um, and then every now and then I'd tune in online to a monastery, um, Murfield's monastery, and, and I'd join in their worship times, um, which were very formal, sung worship, very formal, and there was this beautiful rhythm for three days of, of worship and prayer and then space. And then more worship and more prayer and then more space. And then someone would come online and we'd have a bit of a dis dis discussion or a little reflective thought together. And then some space. And in that time, I remember recalling some of those things that have happened in my story. Um, with the Lord and asking him, you know, what do I need to do with this? And one of the things that I remembered was a vision I, I had many years ago about um, uh, where I encountered Jesus in a very deep vision um, and I was down worshipping his feet. So I, I remembered this and I got down and uh, I felt like I was actually worshipping Jesus' feet. And I was there, I don't know how long I was there, a long time, I think. But what happened at the end was really significant, and that's what I want to share. Um, I, re I really believe I heard God say, Vicky, remember this position of submission. And I think remembering what God has said to us but also positioning ourselves in such a way. I mean, I was physically on the floor, you know, face down. It wasn't actual, it was an actual physical position of submission, but it was, it was about my heart as well. And I think that, that's what the Lord wants to, to kind of open up for us tonight. What does it look like for you to really submit to the Lord? What does it look like for you personally? And so, as we go into a, a time of worship, um, I'm going to ask Martin to share something as well. But it's not always comfortable <laughs> submitting to the Lord. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable and painful, and we have to sometimes make sacrifices for that. But, do you know, Jesus did make sacrifices. He's all right, Lee. He's all right. You know, he's, he's been there, he's done it. Probably got the t-shirt. <laughs> he's, he's all right. We know that. We have, we have written evidence. And I believe that everyone in this room 
has experience of that. So don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. Don't be afraid to go that much deeper or closer tonight. I'm not just saying about tonight, am I? I'm, I'm saying generally in life, but tonight's now, so we might as well take this opportunity. I'm going to invite Martin to come up and just share. Because we were talking yesterday, um, we ended up going, yeah, we thought that the Lord had been saying the same thing to both of us. So I wasn't expecting to say anything today. Uh, but, yeah, yesterday morning, it was partly after I'd listened to the podcast on Friday, which is a secular thing, but it, uh, which I might mention. But also, I think some of it is born from having adolescent children and seeing some of the... We can see some of the difficulties they're going to go through in growing up. And it's as if that's also, for us, creating another step of development in us where we have to change, where we have to grow up some more as well. Uh, so, yesterday when I sat down and I was praying, I felt I had to write this down. That's not happened for quite a while. I happened to have written it on an app on the laptop, which I can sync in my phone, that when Vicky said to me when we got here, I think you should say that thing, then here it is. I'm just going to read it because that's what I felt I should do. Because when I wrote it down, it was just what came out as it was. So, the interviewee on the podcast is a, apparently is a sort of TV host in Australia. Uh, he's a recovering addict. It's a secular thing. And uh, he's also had psychotic episodes. So it's not necessarily the basis for this. But one of the things he said that really struck me was, it's not the gold medal that you hold that's the prize. It's the person you became by getting there. So that's something to chew on. But then this is what I've written down. Uh, we're all imperfect. We know that, sort of. But facing the imperfections, the faults, our weaknesses, takes courage because it involves pain. People in recovery talk about doing the work. Uh, and often what that means is facing the pain and dealing with it and its effects. You know, medication can enable you to do the work, but it doesn't do it for you. It doesn't take the pain away. Now, it could sound like I'm saying you've got to live with pain all the time. That's not the thing. It's just that some time has to be spent where you're willing to be uncomfortable to face the things that scare you or embarrass you. Uh, discomfort isn't popular, uh, and I wonder if we're getting worse at it as a culture. It, our culture cares so much about comfort, the way we live, eat, get around, work, manage our lives, as if comfort is the goal. But whoever achieved the goal by pursuing comfort. So we know that building fitness or muscles required, requires exercise, often uncomfortable exercise or even pain. Some people are willing to endure that to achieve their goal of success, 
But if that success just means becoming wealthy or whatever, what pain is that then hiding? Because does being wealthy make you a healthy, fruitful human being? So what is the healthiest life, the best life? The one that isn't about you. And this is where it ties in with what Vicky said. The Lord's Prayer says, Your kingdom come, your will be done. His, not ours. His desires, his purpose, his results, his life breathed through humans. Do we say prayers thinking, this will bring God around to my way of thinking or make me acceptable to him? Do we pray to bring about our purposes? At which point I've written in brackets, oh boy, as I looked at myself. So, pain. A child shows pain very clearly and learns quickly how to avoid it. Walking and running without falling, not eating things they don't like, avoiding situations where they get embarrassed. But some things get buried in that avoidance of pain. And as we get older, we learn to live with discomfort and in our better moments endure some things for a better result, such as going to the dentist, which I really need to do. <laughs> uh, and sometimes we get so fed up with repeating the same problems that we are willing to face the root problem. But there's also that childish way within us that we have to overcome to grow up. Avoiding discomfort and pain at all costs stops us from maturing into the people we were meant to be. So that's what came to me yesterday morning. Avoiding pain prevents us from growing up. And humility involves pain because it involves giving up the right to our life as we want it to be. Bound before God to put our life in his hands isn't easy. We all shy away from it. But he didn't. Jesus didn't live his human life in his way. His prayers were not for his purposes. They were for the fathers and for human purposes. And this is what I wrote, because like I say, this was a personal reflection. So for me, the call is to lay down life as I see it. My days are not my own if they're to be fruitful. If I chase my desires, what does that achieve? It's a chasing of the wind. But life lived in the service of others, and not in my strength or understanding, but his. <laughs>